One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast maiden is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their eldest past, present and immersion and their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. And today's episode is Kate Renshaw. She's a play and filial therapist. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word. So it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right. This is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> We went hello together. Yes. That's rare. Is that a first? Yes. There you go. Oh. Two Kates and Mandy and Kate saying hello at the yes. same time. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Mandy? Yes. Yes, you're okay. I'm okay. Sick yes. children. Yes. But that um, comes and goes, doesn't it? It does, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's coming into sick time of yeah. year. Yeah, and there seems to be, like, we had COVID this time last year, yeah. so I think that changing of weather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Molly's been pretty sick. Yeah. Poor little love. Poor thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but We're that's okay. Still have for the weather lovers and Auntie Lisi, divine, divine, shine. autumn weather yes. in Melbourne. It is my favourite time of year. Yes. I tell everyone you're going to come to Melbourne, come in March. Yes, it's beautiful. 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 And so our guest today is in a beautiful place as well. Would you like to say hello, introduce yourself, tell us where you live? <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name's Kate. Um, like the lovely Kate um, <laughs> that you have there with you and Mandy. Um, I live in Ballarat yes. and I was actually just enjoying the fluttering of the autumn leaves yes. as I drove this morning on the school run. Ah, um, yes. That was my little joyful moment this morning, seeing mm. those dancing leaves along the, the yeah. Lake Wendery Parade. Oh, oh yes. beautiful. Beautiful there. I've got another really good friend, Sam. He's a twin mum. She yeah. lives in Ballarat. Yep. Um, yeah, mm. it's just so stunning. I mean, you know how to do cold weather up there. Yes. 
Yeah, <laughs> we rock it in style. Yes, but you also really know how to do summer. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh. Well, Kate and I met years ago when we were part of an Aussie Hands Day. Yes. And I was just remembering that's the day I drove down Burke Street Mall. Oh, that's the day. That's Whoa. the day. Yes, yeah, which because, is illegal oh, for those of you. Which is illegal, state. but yes. when because we, we I started feel, I feel early, special. I know that so we so met we, on that that I day. I because it was at Docklands, and I just drove straight down. I remember thinking, "Oh, there's the Maya windows," and then I was like, <laughs> oh, "No, there's the Maya windows." <laughs> I'm not meant to drive down here. Only police. But vehicles. anyway, that was an awesome weekend, wasn't it? Oh, it was a wonderful weekend of um, play yeah. at the Docklands Library yes. um, with the Aussie Hands charity and yeah. um, I think our mutual friend, Julie yeah. McNally, yes. is new stuff. Yes. And I have to say, I have followed keenly along and I just know. been delighting in the, the piece oh, um, and you. what you two have been up to the last few years. Oh, well, let's get to our questions. To and our then, questions. Yeah. yeah. Sure. No, one, no one gets to come past here without answering That's the right. questions. Yep. Okay, our first right. question. Do you have a favourite song or band or music that like pumps you up in the good times or just helps you get through the sluggish times? I feel like this is a loaded question mm. for me because um, I'm a real fan of car karaoke and oh, expressive yeah. dance. Yes. Sometimes yes. those things don't always go well together unless no. you're at a firm red light. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, um, I... I like to go with my emotions. So my favourite song will be very different day to day yeah, and yeah. when I need a pick-up. Mm. Often I cast my mind to something, you know, I might think, oh, thinking of a movie or a TV mm. show or a time in my life. Yeah. And my most recent one, I was actually driving down to lovely Melbourne last week for um, a medical appointment yeah. for one of my children and I was just feeling really tired mm. and I was driving along and I thought, oh, feel like I need a, a lift mm. and I don't know why but my mind went to the Nashville soundtrack oh. and I put it yeah a bit of country music and yeah. I put it on random yep. just yeah. to see what would happen spice it up a bit had a few sing-alongs <laughs> and I got to this song called Sanctuary mm. and it just felt like it was you know welcoming me home oh. and comforting me and lifting me up and um, I've gone back to it a few times in the last oh, week and I feel like it's a little bit of a special one and I think your listeners yeah. might enjoy some of the messages because I think really they probably offer that to each other as well, mm. um, that that support and that mm. sanctuary and oh, yeah, leaning that, into the tough times. That will be on our Spotify playlist. We put everyone's song on there. So great. great. I mean, Thank country you. music, Even I'm not like a huge fan, but I love the chicks. I love John Denver. <laughs> You know, so I love Taylor Swift when she was country. You know, Dolly so Parton. I, yeah, Dolly Parton. I say I'm not country, but I love yeah, her. but we're not hardcore. <laughs> I'm not hardcore. No. But no, the amazing no, thing I, about I'm it not, is it, yeah, it I'm has not hardcore. actual mm. emotion. Oh, it's storytelling. It's storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Very Beautiful. raw. Mm. Yep. Okay, Kate, did you win any awards at school? I think I was casting my mind back and I was a sporty person. Yeah. Mm. I was like an athlete, so lots of – Swimming awards, sports awards. Yeah, yeah, but I also, yeah, yep. Mm. Um, but I think the funniest one for me was the most unexpected when I first got to high school. And we'll all remember year seven being yeah. one of those years where you're like a little fish. Yes. Come to the end of year awards ceremony and for some reason I get this award for the sports person of the year for the whole school. And I was like, wow. it's just, I'm a little bit kind of feeling shy at this point. Yes. yes. You really peaked. Pool and swim away. <laughs> <laughs> um, you did peak, yeah, no. 
Yeah. Where does one go from year hard, seven? Like, yeah, if you win it for the whole of the school in year seven, do you, what happens know, the other right? years? Are you bummed? Oh, look, I can't even remember. <laughs> what I other years? They're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny awards. Okay. Yes, and they our, are. Our favourite question is, why are you a P or a member of the P tribe? I was thinking about this one um, and I kind of thought – I'm a P3. I'm a P to the power of three. Yeah. And I don't know if that's wow, a thing a triple or whether we're just making it up. Make it up. Um, <laughs> Everything the whole on podcast is made up. Is made up. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's coin that one. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I suppose, you know, I'm a, a P, I'm a parent of what you would call P shoots. Is that yep. correct? I'm just yeah. yes. learning your lingo. Um, and um, both of my children have different. Um, medical diagnoses and um, conditions and right from my daughter being a little baby, so she's my eldest, um, we knew that she was trying to tell us that something significantly was up Um, and we just had to kind of tune into that and try and figure it out and I feel like we've been doing that ever since and she's 14 now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right. Um, So, yes, I'm I'm part of a few um, little tribes such as a bit of a shout-out to the Essenfilicus Ophagitis community. I know right. you've got a few EOE yeah. parents in your tribe as well and anaphylaxis and, yes. you know, I won't go into too many, but there's lots of yep. lots of bits and pieces in there as well. Mm. Um, I am, my whole working life, I've also probably worked in the field yes. um, as um, a support worker when I did my studies as a counsellor, as a um, play therapist, as a school counsellor, and then more recently in um, uh, academic um, lecturing and teaching clinicians as well. Um, So, yeah, that's – and then me, I suppose myself, I feel like um, I'm probably a P too and I'm leaning in a little bit to some Mm. of my – P, yeah, <laughs> my P, my yeah. P quality. Yeah, um, I got something recently called the trifecta passport, which I thought sounded really cool, but isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, and I don't know if you've got any in your tribe. I don't know. Um, so, um, Elos Danos syndrome. Yes, it's a little bit of pots and a bit of Marcel on the side is called the. The trifecta ah, passport. I right. think we definitely do. I have we friends do. with children. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like I've got the passport to a special place. But look, I hope it's Xanadu. I hope we're going to party <laughs> somewhere. It involves <laughs> roller skates for sure. I mean, roller skates, <laughs> disco yeah. ball. I feel like if you get um, that kind of trifecta, it has to be. There has to be some fun in there. Yes, mm, disco Wowza. balls at least. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, you are more than qualified to be here today. Yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Can we start off with? I mean, I'm so. I just want to talk about play therapy all day because I wanted yeah. to be a play therapist, mm. and I went. You still and, can, Mandy. No, I know, I know. But <laughs> I, anyway, um, yeah, I'm fascinated, and I did some time in hospitals when I was studying, mm-hmm. and I thought yeah. this is awesome. And then when my girls were little, I saw play therapists at work. Mm. So yeah. tell us why you chose play therapy to start, and then we'll hear more about you know the journey. Mm. That's a great question. And, you know, it kind of goes back to my teenage years, those hard years where you feel like you're just trying to figure things out and express yourself. And for me, art was and creativity was always a way of expressing myself. Mm. And I heard about this thing called art therapy and I was like, that is exactly 
what I want to be when mm. I grow up. <laughs> My careers advisor said to me, when you find out how to do that, come and let me know. Oh, and I was wow. like, excellent. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I, I kind of kept my promise because I did go back and um, um, connect, reconnect with my high school years later um, as their, you know, their guest speaker. And I did tell them all about the world of play therapy and yeah. art therapy. So that was good. Um, so I set my mind on becoming an art therapist and went off to do my psychology studies so I could then do my postgrad. And that's when I actually came down to Melbourne right. to study at Latrobe postgrad. Oh, yes. So you did that's a psychology undergrad? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, and is that the path to become a play therapist? No. The right. path is very, um, I feel like it's a, um, a bush Scene and you can really take any path through the bush uh, at right, the moment. Right. There's lots of ways right. on that bushwalk. Right. But for right. me, <laughs> that's what you did. 20 plus years ago, that's yep. what I did. Yep. Um, but when I got to the world of art therapy, um, I then, um, my, my now husband, we decided that we were going to move to the UK for a few years because he's from England. Yes. And so I was going to finish off. Um, you know, my studies over there, I'd done my postgrad diploma in art therapy and I was cruising into the final year of the master's. And then I got really distracted by play therapy because uh, it just didn't exist here in Australia. But yes. suddenly I was I was within driving distance of the University of York and this amazing program. And wow. um, I was kind of like sold hook, line on thinker because mm. for me, it was always that draw of working with children mm, and yeah. family. Mm. And at the time, that that wasn't ha- happening as much for me in my play, my art therapy right. learning experience. So I was seeking that. Um, and so while I did that study, I was also working as a school counsellor in primary schools, which in England is four years of age to 11, but I was right. working for a, um, a social, emotional, behavioural difficulties um, school that was a hub across a whole borough. So it was a wow. wonderful opportunity to work with, over 100 schools um, from kind of preschool right through to senior school over a a decade period. So that was kind of my my foundation. What a breadth of place to learn. Yeah, that's where I learned to be a play therapist. And gosh, I did have so many opportunities to work with lots of different children and families um, from all different areas. walks of life and different life stories and, you know, different difficulties or worries that they were seeking support for. What was your first toy you introduced? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, like, you know, because I used to take puppets everywhere and, yeah, you know, yeah. like what are the, yeah. you know, what, what, you, do you remember buying something and going, this is the toy? <laughs> um, I think if I had to choose one that was kind of the first was I remember actually trying to get a sand tray with miniature figurines yeah. into my art therapy uh, lectures. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, we used, I used a lot of sand trays yeah. and rice. I put rice in the yeah. sand tray for the twins, a lot. Yes, mm. yes. So I'm a real, um, in fact, I um, I love small world play. Yes. Um, one of my real passions and, a, and a, a way for children to really be able to have that safe psychological distance. Yeah to express their narrative mm. um so that would probably have been the first one mandy but one of the ones that also springs to mind was um you know like um old school marble game yeah, yeah. um and i don't know why but that was probably something that one of my very very first kind of clients yes. um 
really used a lot and used in such creative ways to work through their process. Mm. So going back to studying it, can you not study play therapy in Australia or you can? You sure can now. Right. right. Um, <laughs> so that's really good. Um, so there's a master's program at Deakin University, uh-huh. um, which uh, I have very much enjoyed being part of uh-huh. um, that program and um, being able to work with um, people that are finding their way into the world of play therapy and mm. studying it in a post-grad way. Mm. So, um, so when I said it's kind of like going into the bush and finding your own path, yeah. there's lots of different ways into play therapy. Some people come through teaching, social work, yeah, right. yep. occupational therapy. Mm. Um, we've even had music therapists or psychologists. Um, and often people will come at it into the um, profession and train for different reasons or different kind of things that have drawn them in. Mm. But there are some common kind of threads of we were maybe – using play in our work and we felt that there was something here and we just really wanted to mm-hmm. know more or feel mm-hmm. like we were really being skillfully, mindfully choosing certain toys or certain ways of playing yes. based on research and evidence. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's often one of those things that um, you, I do hear people say. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. I remember years and years ago, like when I was 15 or 16 and I used to attend church, there was a lady there who was probably maybe only 10 years older than me, but I thought she was very old. And um, <laughs> she was a play therapist at Monash ah, yes. um, Children's. And yes. I just asked her, and I, what do you do and how do you Brilliant. do it? Like I was really fixed on, yeah, what, this can be a job. <laughs> I remember being at Monash in the waiting room. We're waiting for clinic. Got two twins. They're three, and it's stark. Yeah. And we have to wait. And Mm. I said to them, "Have you got any toys? Mm. Could a play therapist come here?" Anyway, the next time we went, big table, art and craft, and I just thought, "Go me." Yeah. (laughs) Because I just thought this is so obvious. Yes. Help. And I think many parents end up packing their own yep, oh, definitely. Oh. Uh, yet uh, yet another bag of things um mm, you yeah, know to carry that oh, yes yeah i say this after having shoulder surgery from yes. carrying a lot of toys of course, of course. <laughs> you're basically santa yes <laughs> so um, when you were in england then yeah. what what happened after that what when did you come back and yeah that's yeah so um my my children were um, in preschool when we came back. Yeah. I really wanted um, my eldest to start school in Australia because we start school later here. Yeah, yes. Um, and I really, uh, yeah, yes, there is some variation between mm. the states. Um, mm. However, I really didn't want my children in a school uniform sitting yeah. down um, too early. in formal, yeah, yeah. formal learning too early. So that was pretty much our line in the sand. I think my daughter was four. Um, So that's when we came back. So that was 2013. Mm. Um, And then after um, we were talking about the weather before and after having the the Yorkshire weather for 10 years, which, you know, is beautiful. However, I felt that I had some summers to catch up on. So (laughs) I did spend a little bit of time just near Byron Bay where I'm from Mm. with my parents Mm. and them just relishing the kids. And we used to joke that we'd go to play group every day at the beach with the kids and it was just 10 months of nature play. Oh, how beautiful. Um, Yeah, yep. And then we made our way down to Victoria and I always um, feel like I've probably always been a Victorian Ooh, deep down right. in, my, wow. in, my, in my soul. What does yeah. that mean? 
I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it's well, a, a special place for me. Yeah, yeah, I know. But what I I, but I, I love it too. Yeah. I can't imagine not living yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, that's I right. Love but the there's real Australia, state rivalry. Yes. yes. So I don't and people like always. No, no. But people will always say to me, "Why don't you live?" Like yes, in northern North. New South Wales or yes. Queensland. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I just love it here. I love the seasons. Yeah. I love the dry heat. Mm. I love the winter. Yeah. I love mm. it all. Oh. And I love our, you know, the arts and the mm. sport. Mm. Yes. And, mm. I don't know. It just lights my fire. Oh, mm. awesome. Mm. Awesome. Good. Okay. So you came down here and did you move to Ballarat straight away? No, so we had a couple of years in the outer suburbs of Melbourne mm-hmm. um, and then we've been in Ballarat ever since, um, And which was a bit of a spontaneous kind of um, happening really and we kind of stumbled into Ballarat and my husband got a job here yep. um, and that the rest has been history. I'm and very I know it. that because I'm a keen follower of real estate being that that used to be my job oh, mm. Ballarat has just boomed and boomed and it's yes. just like a amazing regional center yes yes it's got it's always got something fun happening and mm. I think there's really that playful like at the core of Ballarat there's usually something you can get involved in oh, that you're going to have fun yes. with <laughs> awesome. and beautiful buildings yeah and so <laughs> then when did your own work begin mm. or when mm. did you start your own business too. Oh, that's yeah. So um I actually started my own business in twenty I wanna say twenty twelve mm-hmm. without looking it up. But yeah. when the conservatives were voted in um to government in the UK, um, all of the mental health support for children in the north of England was basically made redundant overnight. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I then started my own private practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so worked in my private practice in the UK for a, a small period of time before right. we moved back. Yeah. But it was good because it got me started. Yes. Um, and really setting it up twice, like once in one country and then again yeah. in another country. You must love paperwork. You yeah. Love <laughs> I really don't, yeah. but I can do it. Um, yeah. And then I've maintained my little private practice ever since and there's been periods where it's been bigger and smaller yeah. and mm. it can take on many, many forms. And really at the moment my, my, my private practice is an area where I do work that I enjoy and, yeah, I get to have fun in that space. And people do say to me when they go, you know, what do you do? So I'm a play therapist, like, what does that mean? They're like, do you just get to play every day? Like, is that your job? And I'm like, yes, yes. but yeah. play has meaningful play. Very powerful. And it's children's work <laughs> and it's yeah. really yeah. important. Mm-hmm. So yeah. did you, were you doing home visiting? Were you going into schools? How were you f- accessing children? That sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah, well, in <laughs> how did I find mm, those yeah. children to work with? When I when I worked in the UK, their extended schools were really, I think, quite revolutionary in terms of we were doing a lot of home visits. We were, we were seeing viewing the school as this hub for the community. We were welcoming parents in. Parents would come, and although the children had um, therapeutic sessions during the school day, they would be encouraged to come and be present um, and connect with their children and be be there for their children during their therapeutic time. Um, and then in Australia, I feel like I've really just um, connected with children wherever I've been able to. Right. So sometimes that might be school, sometimes that might be working 
um, with children that might be in different care situations and I might be working out of, um, you know, might have to transport somewhere and have a space, hire a space mm. in order to work with mm. a particular mm. um, a client. Um, obviously, I get to um, access uh, children in um, schools still. That's still my real passion and I right. like to work in schools as much as I can and that kind of led me to do my PhD research yes. in schools and so that then gave me a little open invitation for me to access children through my research as yes. well. Yes. Tell us about the PhD. The PhD, I actually call it my third child, yeah. um, which was a long gestation and has finally been delivered. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> congratulations. gestation than yeah. a, a rabbit, so. <laughs> the eight-year eight gestation. Wow. How many I trimesters? Know. That's a lot. A lot. a lot. It was just on Probably repeat. It was like cycling. You um, can't even. I'm trying to do my eight marriage years. celebrants course and I'm like, this is doing my head in. I yes, can't comprehend the focus that you have. Yeah. Eight years. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, however, um, it's 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 in. It's under examination at the moment. Ah. I can just kind of you know woo, see yeah. see see towards the future. Mm. Um, and the the reason I started doing my PhD was I'd been working in schools. I'd been working with teachers. I'd been doing a lot of not only play therapy and filial therapy. And filial therapy is um, working with parents as the agent therapeutic agent of change and supporting mm. them to learn some of the skills oh, and ways good. of playing in yeah. play therapy and instead of a play therapist creating a therapeutic relationship with a child the therapy. play therapist supports the parent to do that work amazing so very special filial therapy um and i was doing group play therapy in schools as well and training school staff like teachers or learning support workers to be co-facilitators of right. those therapeutic groups. And so my work with families in the filial space and the group play therapy kind of kind of got me thinking, you know, I just feel like there's so much capacity for this knowledge and skills to be carefully disseminated yes. to many people who work in education settings. Because as we know, when children are able to feel comfortable to come to school, happy to be at school, feel that they can relax and engage mm. and learn, mm. have fun with their friends. You know, that's such a wonderful thing to consider um, our children would have in their education mm. space. Mm. Um, and so I wanted to make sure I'd been trialling um, this approach in the UK and I wanted to formalise it and I really wanted it to be able to be evidence-based mm. um, and robust. And so that's what I did. I um, researched um, in, uh, I think it was 27, I collected all my, two, sorry, 2017. Yeah. Mm. Um, I collected all my research data and worked with um, teachers across several schools who were obviously working with lots of children and I trained those teachers um, using the Torah, which is the teacher's optimal relationship approach, which draws on um, relevant um, child development, information, uh, neuroscience, attachment, for example, and also information and knowledge from the world of play therapy, as well as skills. And this is the thing that I noticed when I reviewed the literature. There's a lot of programs. There's a lot of things that we try and do in the well-being and mental health space in schools. 
But often we don't have always the skills or the tools from those programs to take mm. action mm. and feel confident to do it. Mm. Um, so they learnt the skills and they practiced the skills. And then not only did I work with them in that kind of professional development space, I then went in and supported them in the classroom in observation and feedback collaborative cycles, which is also very different in the world of professional development yes, for teachers. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And they loved that. I was going to say, um, were they receptive? Yeah, they absolutely loved it. And some of the things that, you know, come to mind were comments like, you know, I feel like no one ever comes to see me teach unless yeah. there's something that they want to look at yes, academically. Of course. Um, to be there and witness them as a person and a human and a teacher mm. and their presence mm. um, and how they form and navigate relationships and use the skills to support children with their engagement and learning. Mm. You know, it's so such much. a privilege. Oh, it is a privilege. Yeah, really incredible. Incredible privilege. Oh, so, goodness. you know, it's I sort of understand what play therapy is, but how important is Play-Doh <laughs> in play therapy? Because Play-Doh is my favourite thing. There you go. Well, <laughs> Play-Doh is pretty important because it is um, a sensory toy mm. and a sensory, not only a toy, but a sensory resource. Mm. Um, you can make your own Play-Doh. Yep. That's also, it takes it to a different place because then it can be personalised. Yeah, um, and yes, so there's so <laughs> many scent, you can put scents yep. in it. Yep. It can become very sensory and mm. in, we can embody it. We can smush it against our body mm. and really feel it. Mm. Um, so I would say that Play-Doh is an absolutely essential ingredient in a play therapy room. Yeah. And a play therapy room um, is actually quite a different space. If you've never seen one before, mm. um, you might be able to have a little Google around and find some images. But uh, in play therapy, all of the toys and resources are really carefully chosen. Mm. So there's different developmental stages of, of play and child development and the toys and resources are chosen carefully to match those stages. So mm -hmm. um, Play-Doh would align with um, the pre-birth in utero sensory aspect mm -hmm. of development mm -hmm. as well as the toddler years, mm -hmm. as well as yeah. our teenage years yeah. when we're at, we've got the 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 brain's getting pruned back the rose bush is getting its you know it's trim ready for the big regrowth that's when we see those big emotions and some dysregulation mm. from um that mm. neural pruning yeah. and so play-doh if there's trauma or difficulties that is either stored in any of those places mm. or is happening in any of those developmental mm. stages play-doh can help access that <sighs> I'm going to make some tonight. Oh, I love Play-Doh. <laughs> my daughter, who's the paediatric OT, always got Play-Doh yes. on the go. Um, yes. When you're, like, talking about, like, trauma, you know, maybe you had trauma when yeah. you were two and now you're seeing someone when they're 14. Like, yep. I know, um, how do you, do you take the children back to being, not literally to being two, but do you do things with them that unlocks and helps unlock that or how do you do that? Yeah, that's a fascinating thing to think about, isn't it? And Play therapists are typically humanistic, often child-centred or non-directive. Yeah. Uh, so that would mean that often play therapists create 
the play mm. area, the room, they provide the relationship and they support the child to choose and navigate. Yeah. So that allows them to regulate and modulate what yeah. they are able to do. And mm. if they've, um, you know, explored things and they need a change, mm. they're also able to change that. Mm. Having said that, there are many play therapists that are also directive or might integrate both directive ways of working and non-directive mm. ways. Um, and one good example of that is um, work in hospitals, Mandy, where you might be doing more directive um, preparation yes. play yes, to course. prepare a child for a procedure. Yes. And so that might be actually leading the child mm. to explore an MRI machine that might yes. be made out of Lego of and be able to go through all the different things. So, however, your question, Kate, would I think really, you know, the the clinical reasoning and the the research would really indicate that when there's a history, a known history of a trauma occurring at a certain age, mm. that that sensitive approach that play therapy provides, you would be looking at more of a child led mm, um, right. when they're ready yeah. to take you to that place. Yeah. I was just thinking last week my 12-year-old had to have her needles, her immunisation, and she was quite frightened. So I got her a syringe and I said, just touch it, just play with yeah. it. She mm. went and put a toothpick in it and oh. then she stabbed me the whole drive there. And I was like, ow, <laughs> is it going to feel like that? I was like, yeah, probably. Do it again. And so <laughs> the whole drive there, I was stabbed by a toothpick in the syringe. But I thought, I know this This is good. This yes. is yeah. This is funny and silly and important yeah yeah she made it up you know yeah and she's practicing and seeing your reaction yeah and I was like nothing yeah (laughs) she's walking around with a toothpick out of her arm it's fine (laughs) and that's that that often happens in play therapy where sometimes the play the child will ask the play therapist to play a certain role right um you know it might be that you're playing a school teacher or it could be that you're playing a frog you know whatever Mm -hmm. the role is yeah um and then the frog might have to do certain things and allows the child to watch other people experiencing different yeah. scenarios. Could yeah. be a scenario of friendship difficulties, mm. for example, where they get to place you in a position they might have been in before yeah. and view it from different angles. And so um, play therapists are a very flexible resource for children. So yes. when when therapists are trained to enter into children's imaginary play, mm. which is actually the most complex type of play, okay. imaginary, yeah. pretend, role play. Yes. Yeah. And as a therapist, being able to manage all of the different therapeutic skills in the environment mm. and also be fully in a role mm. is actually very complex. And that's something that students work on and um, as part of their training mm. um, under supervision as well right. to support their growth and development of those quite complex skills. Yeah. And I can imagine the complexity of so many children, particularly our beautiful pea shoots, Mm. nonverbal. Yep. You know, all the ways. How do you do do that work for each child? Like what what is that like for you to think, okay, today I'm going to have this child and then I'm going to have that one. I'm going to have to make that unique to them all the time. Yeah, I think first and foremost is um, really getting to know the the child and the family and, you know, meeting with the, the parent or the parents to really, you know, um, that that life history is so such a rich starting point. Um, and from that, it might be that 
you know, individual play therapy work might be the recommendation or it could be actually his family really wants to do some family work mm. together yeah. and they all want to be involved. So maybe filial might be yes. right. So first and foremost, it is connecting with that family and hearing their mm. story. Mm. And as you know from your podcast, the, the stories that um, families are able to tell about their experience of parenting and being parents and witnessing their child's development is very rich. Mm. It is. Extremely. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you were Mandy and I and you had go back, you know, 15 years and you had two-year-old twins. (laughs) You're like, no, we don't want them in my room. (laughs) What, like, advice would you give around play therapy? Because nobody, like, psychologists sort of use it a little bit or, but, like, nobody said to me this could be really helpful for your children. Yeah. Yeah. And also rewind to that time. There may not have been that many play therapists trained to a master's qualification level in Australia. Yeah. 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 And there's also, there's some some similarities and differences with um, some play therapists working in hospitals that have a a, a master's in play therapy qualification. And some, there's also the world of um, child life therapists and um, hospital specialists yes. and and those two worlds come together at times mm-hmm. and collaborate but they also are a little different too mm-hmm. um so i think at two um i think one of the things that is wonderful and i've actually um had the pleasure of writing a chapter for an infant play therapy text awesome. about this you know when we have infants as part of the families or the, the children that are referred for play therapy mm-hmm. where the family might be reaching out for support. Um, for, for me, when children are probably um, under the age of three, mm-hmm. particularly I would be really working with the family in that filial mm-hmm. therapy space mm-hmm. um, and really looking for um, that, um, providing that support mm-hmm. and um, skills for the parents to be able to learn more about play, learn Mm, more about how play can become therapeutic. Mm. And just like uh, my work with teachers, part of that is also being present and supporting those Mm. special Mm. play times Mm. between the parent and the child and doing that observation and feedback and that discussion on skills development. And again, parents love that because so many parents... And, and so it's many not just about report. getting the toy from Big W. There's yeah. thinking no. behind stuff and people don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Every family needs and to do filial therapy, I'm convinced. Yeah. You go, Kate, watch out. Well, well <laughs> the, um, one of um, the, the very um, famous play therapists in the world, um, Dr. Gary Landreth, would agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and one of, the, one of the things that he has said that I really hold on to is that we don't want to keep our play therapy clinical skills hidden behind our no, playroom doors. No, no. We want to give it out into the world. Yes. Yeah, and he says something like, that's how he changed society and yes. I really yes. connect I agree with that. with you. I'm thinking yeah. too when you talk about working with parents and just say you have parents that don't know how to play, mm. yes. is that what you do with them? Do you teach them how to play? They might well, not funny. have played as children. Mm, yeah. To. Yep. Yeah. Yes, or had the – resources or had the the play partners Mm, or whatever mm, it is. mm. Um, But part of that developmental history for the child and the family is also hearing about the the parents' own experiences and often that 
can be part of yeah. that information gathering of um, what were the parents' experiences of um, play yeah. um, in their own childhood. Um, and that's a very um, informative window into where you might be meeting the parents. Mm. And wherever you're meeting the parents, that's where you can meet them and, and walk with them mm. On, mm. on their pathway through the play therapy journey. Yeah. Um, and so I think, again, I suppose it keeps coming back to um, play and play being one of these fundamentally um, kind of, it's a, almost like a curiosity because we think about it and it feels and sounds so simple, but actually the research on play tells us that it's actually incredibly complex. Yes, mm. of course <laughs> it's like, it is. It's like crawling, isn't it? Yeah. Like some people. Yeah, all the things that go into crawling. Yes. And huge to make this happen. And I remember my twins loved the little people. I put them out every they day. Really did. We set up, <gasps> I set up stuff all the time. And I had one of my twins who could talk your head off. Mm. And then we mm. had my other twin who was, you know, who has cerebral palsy. Mm. So mm. I remember the physio mm. saying to me, she has got the best therapist in her twin. Mm. And I saw yes. it every day mm. because her yeah. twin would be like, well, doop, 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 doop. <laughs> and then she would do a little doop. You know, yes, yes. just yes. It was, I would yeah. just look at them and think, "You're so lucky to have that sister. Yes. You're so yep. lucky to have that sister." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. And Brilliant. you know, social social play is a very rich source of learning and development. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm always really fascinated by what we learn from observation in the animal world about yeah. animal play, animal social play, and how we then learn from that. And when we observe play in humans, mm. we kind of make those similar connections. One of my mm. favourite types of play that's often quite controversial is rough and tumble play yeah. as a social play. Lots of that in yes. this house still to this oh, day. Yes. Yes, and, um, you know, thinking about how we do this safely and mm. comfortably, but also that this is actually something that they've researched as a really innate driver of for course. social competence. Yeah. Um, and often we want um, children to feel successful in their social relationships yeah. um, and to understand that flow in, in a relationship mm. of um, give and take, pull and push, and that that's where children start to learn those skills within, you know, the play fighting or the play mm, wrestling mm, yeah. or the pillow fights or the, the yep. Nerf gun attacks or whatever it is. All of it, all of it. I can write a book on all of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I think for me, and I don't know if there's any research or if I'm just making this up, but I think because of the way society conditions boys as well, even though my boys get cuddled every day of their life, yeah. For them, it's a um, non-judgmental, not that anyone in this family judges anything, but way of connecting with each other. Like they're probably not going to give yes. each other a hug as 17-year-old yes. boys. Yes. But yeah. they will wrestle and yep. even with me, one of them will often just put his arm around my neck and then say, tap out. And I'm like, no, no I'm not tapping out. And he's like, okay. Because he really Yeah, how much actually, can you take? He yeah. wants that connection yes, without saying, I would like a hug now. And he does it to my partner. And I'm yes. like, no, we're not tapping out. No. You know, but oh, the cute. yeah, I think it's so interesting to watch it and to, because it drives me absolutely insane. I'm not going to pretend that I'm an yeah. earth mother. And I had to get out of bed at 10.30 last night and be like, hey, could we have less wrestling in the bathroom where everything is made of tile? Yeah. Um, yes. 
Yes. But it sounds just, like you might have been putting some safety limits there. Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kate. And that's an important part of rough and tumble play because mm. rough and tumble play without limits can become quite chaotic. Yes. Uh, yes. As well. Yeah. But it's yeah. like puppies. It's just like having puppies. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got two I've got two brother cats and when they were kittens, yes. I did lots of observation and filming of their yeah. relationship okay. and their play. Yeah. Um, and they're just fascinating. And now they're socialized in a way that they, as you've just said, even as they're probably young adults yeah. now, they still have their little cycles yeah. of rough and tumble and yep. then leaning in for a cuddle. Yeah, yes. it's really interesting. That, flow in the relationship. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And I know we could talk to you all day, but before <laughs> we finish up, I want to talk about water. Because my twins and one of them especially uh, has found, I think every day of his life, he has used water as a way of calming down. And when he was very little and school was really tricky, I would say he'd spend half an hour, an hour in like put the tap on, have a bucket of water. I don't even Mm. know what, syringes, um, you know, what do you call it? Sponges, um, Mm. squeegees and a spray thing. Yeah, like yeah. bottle. I just and even now, like I will. There's often a self regulation that comes with having a shower at yeah. like four thirty in the mm. afternoon or something. Well, don't they? Isn't that that famous quote? Add water when yeah, your children are dysregulated. Drink, yeah. play, yeah. or have a shower. Yeah, and I yeah. just I'm so fascinated by it yeah. because mm-hmm. nobody taught them to do that. They no, yeah, a natural driver mm. towards that resource, mm. Mm. and maybe when they discovered that resource. They've then experimented because it sounds like they've really fleshed that resource out they and they've really got lots of options that. now. Mm. And I suppose, you know, water is one of those things that you can probably look at it in a few different ways. You know, with it being a really natural element, many people find natural elements quite grounding. Yeah. So there's an element of feeling connected to nature. Mm. Um, we talked earlier about the sensory experience of um, infants pre-birth in utero where Mm. they're surrounded by fluid and that might be a very soothing and safe and nurturing and held environment. Mm. Um, And then we talked again earlier about um, those emotional regulation, Mm. learning that ability to regulate through those toddler years often connects with sensory exploration and play. And it sounds like um, you're describing him being able to seek that sensory exploration and input and time with that sensory resource of water mm. when it's needed. 
yeah, and that it's amazing. quite transformative yeah. for him. Yeah. And it might be resetting and it could be all kinds of different things. Mm, mm. Mm. It is yeah. it is fascinating and I, I'm so grateful that I live in a community and a world of people who don't say, oh, he shouldn't be doing that. Oh, no. Tell him not to do that. You know, like that there's just like you can do that for the rest of your life. Yes. How amazing. Yeah. Like if I was having a really tricky, tricky day and I could just connect with water for five minutes and be more regulated, I would love that. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think what you've just described there is sometimes that disconnect for us as adults mm. with the world of play. Yes, I think and so. And actually mm. like we all need to play. Mm. when we're encouraged or able to keep that connection, and for me I think I kept that connection through art and art materials yes. and clay and charcoal and, yeah. you know, those messy sensory resources. Mm. And then for me I was like, oh, yeah, I'm happy to head back to the kingdom of play, bring it on. Yes. <laughs> but there's many adults that find that that was a really long time ago. Yeah. And they're disconnected from that mm. or, as you said earlier, may not have ever had that experience yeah, themselves. Right. Mm. And so some even adult therapies now, I know we talked earlier about sand tray and mm. miniatures, mm. many adult therapies such as expressive arts therapies are incorporating mm. a lot of playful, expressive resources mm. to support adults to find what works for them yeah. in terms of connecting and helping them and supporting yeah. them in those moments when you need it. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. I just want to confess that I did brush Barbie's hair while the girls played with them because oh. I didn't want to play. But <laughs> if I brushed the hair, then it looked like I was in it and the hair got brushed. Hair got brushed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you were thinking really hard about being present with your I girls. I was trying, yeah. but yeah. I didn't yeah. want to doop de doo that day. No, so no, I was no. like... I think I'm it's, just going to sit there and brush their hair. <laughs> it's funny, though, that you say that, Mandy, because I was actually really surprised with a recent study that's come out of the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. Um, I love following along with mm. what they publish on. And they were saying huge numbers like something like uh, I think it was 60% of parents found it a bit boring when they play with their children you, and you also around 60% didn't don't really know how to play. Yes, yes. So when we're thinking about those percentages, there's a huge um, group of ch children and families out there mm. that perhaps are craving to yes. to tap back into this mm. these play skills and this time spent in play and to help parents find the joy yeah. in the play yeah. and to support the parents because if you're home like I was, even though I was partnered, my partner worked extremely long hours so I was mm. the sole carer six days a week for those children and yep. it's boring right <laughs> there's no adult to talk to you you're like I am making okay I'm very good at making play-doh caterpillars the circles are yep. really the right sizes but also you know to support women or the primary carer so mm. that they actually have it in them to sit and play and relax and yeah. to go, you know, this is really important what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job with your child doing this. Yes. And this is just as important as doing reading with them, which yes, we're drilled reasons. at yes. from Absolutely. the they're born. Um, yeah. And it's okay if some days it's a little bit more boring yeah. than others. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, you know that thinking of all of those hours of mm. um parenting yes. on those days mm. um, and how we structure and scaffold ourselves mm. in mm. those days and give ourselves permission mm. to 
maybe find a window, a small window of play that you feel comfortable with that yeah. you can enjoy yeah. um, and feel like that's a bit of a win mm. and go from there. Mm. Um, and I don't think any time in play is ever wasted. No. Um, so whatever you can manage and whatever you feel comfortable with um, is always a great start and um, working with someone like a play therapist yeah. um, can support that in yeah. A therapeutic way. Yes. Amazing. Is there play therapy like in aged care? I actually know of a, um, a PhD research student that was looking into that in Canada and I believe she submitted her thesis. So mm. I'll be very interested to see her findings. But, yes, so um, play across the lifespan is definitely being more heavily researched. Yes. There's so much work to be done because play therapy is an emerging profession, particularly in Australia. Yes. Um, it's not a new profession. It's actually been around since the, um, you know, after the Second World War, right. or, you know, around that time when psychology was developing, mm. the world of play therapy was developing alongside it mm. in America and in the UK. So there is rich research information, mm. but there's always more for us to learn. You know what I'm bummed about is the bush kinder started after my curls because oh. <laughs> I just think I would have loved to send them to oh, something like that. Yeah. Wouldn't that? Your boys Absolutely. would love bush kinder. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. 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 I have to say I would have absolutely loved mine to go through bush kinder and yeah. they never had that opportunity. Yes. However, I, I, I felt like I tried to give them those opportunities yeah. oh, along yeah. the way as best I could. Yeah, yeah but it'd be um, nice to do it without you having to be there. <laughs> It'd be, be amazing. <laughs> I actually really love the forest schools in the yes. UK where they – and actually my children had these when they lived in England, the full body um, kind of oh, yeah, raincoat. Oh, yeah, the Yes. Yes. Go. The and best. literally like just roll through the woods oh, and yeah. the mud. And, the best. Yeah. I always so, watch – I've somehow ended up on the side of TikTok which has like – Norway and Finland mm. and like oh. it's snowing Gandhi. and yeah. everybody's outside playing. Yeah. Everybody up, zip up the coats. Yep. The babies are sleeping outside. Babies sleep prams. outside, yeah. And there's just no fear of cold or weather, yep. you know. And, yeah. And that impacts our play, doesn't oh, it? It really does when yeah. it's it raining does. and raining. It can really mm. limit play. And actually mm. that was one thing that um, they talk about a lot in America is the limits that have been put on play mm. because in some states it's illegal to play out on the street yeah. in your own wow. neighbourhood. What? <laughs> really? In some schools they can take away all of their recess time and not have any play time in schools <gasps> because um, um, the US isn't a signatory to the UN Convention of the Rights of the Child which has an article about play that upholds the right to play. So they see our faces. I know, right? I know, I know. And many people don't don't realise that this is happening. And um, you know, I think it was two years ago they've actually officially declared uh, mental health to be a national emergency for children and adolescents in America. Yes. And the research they're doing around that is really pointing to opportunities. Um, for children to play and to roam and to mm. explore in the outdoors and connect socially that they haven't had. Um, wow. And they're really trying to heavily promote um, some of those avenues for play in terms of mental health and well-being. Oh, you just know even – I mean, some people, I think there are water and 
earth people and some people need to go to the <laughs> beach. fire yeah fire <laughs> I need to go to the mountains or the bush like that was my childhood and I just you know to think that children never get the chance yeah you know and I know mm. big cities it's really tricky don't get me wrong we yep. live in the garden state yes. so lots of people have you know we've got lots of public parks around us but yeah definitely mm. Oh, yeah. We haven't if, even touched COVID. No. And I feel like getting you back another oh. time and we can yeah, maybe, you know, talk about was. what yes. that was like. Pl- yes. Play in the pandemic. Yes. yes. <laughs> Let's do another episode yes. if you want. Yes. There's a whole other kettle of fish. I know, but, yeah. but I wanted to just address it because mm. I wish I could talk to you about that, but mm. maybe mm. we can another time. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, you've written There's, a book too. I have. Um I have self-published a book just recently ah, for awesome. teachers, well, not for teachers, sorry, rewind, for play therapists that are training in the teacher's optimal relationship approach or Torah. Um, so they, the play therapists are able to buy this guidebook when they do the training and then they're able to go out there in the world and hopefully spread um, their their work throughout schools in different areas in Australia and I've even got someone in England as well that's oh. trained. Um, and then energizer say, bunny, aren't you? I know, she is. <laughs> not always, not always. Got to recharge the yes. energizer bunny. Yes. Um, but the reason I said teachers is I've actually got um, the, the, the one for teachers is at the editors now. Oh, so that's the one. Awesome. That's the one that once teachers train with a play therapist in their school, they can then buy their oh, own. Oh, they'll love it. Oh, if you're a student studying teaching, go mm. and find Kate. <laughs> you know, and get that um get that bow in your yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. Um, oh, I would just love Quiver? one of them. <laughs> get that Quiver. armor on you and you're learning yeah, because yeah, yeah. play at, you know is the is the whole thing. Yeah, that's actually one of my big hopes is to do some research with pre-service teachers to support them to take some of these skills with them on their first ever placement. Amazing. Um, yeah, so that's um that's in the the future. Yeah, wow. oh, you got lots Changing to do. World, baby. She is. Mm. She is. Oh, lots to do, but we can um definitely. I think our scope when we work with families and we work with schools and we work in systems um collaboratively, our scope can be much wider than yeah. if we're oh yeah just one just one person with. S- with my marbles and my yes, <laughs> my Play-Doh. Your Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can just start off with if some cream of tartar and then we're all good in. to go, right? Oh, yeah. So if people mm, want to know, it. you get the cream of tartar little bottle and, and, the, it's, got and the, it's got their recipe of Play-Doh on the back. It's super easy and you don't have to cook it like my mum did. You just use mm. boiling water. Yeah. So mm. someone, um, one of our listeners put up that she had Play-Doh stuck in the thing and I said, just use boiling water. And she's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, it melts it away. Yeah, but I remember my mum, you know, is cooking it on oh, the stove. Yeah. 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 Do you know what one of my favourites is? It's kind of like a bit of a an offshoot of Play-Doh. Mm. I actually really love salt dough. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Because not only does it work kind of like Play-Doh, you can then bake it. Yes, mm. cool. And so you can sometimes keep it. children, yeah, and then you can paint ah, it. yeah. And then you can also kind of seal it. So sometimes children like to be able to make mm. and keep and sometimes children like to make and squish it yes. and put it away in the pot. Yes. So I think having those choices I is would, quite um, fun. I'd have a lot of dick and balls that had been baked. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you have uh, teenage on boys. On a necklace? Yeah, anywhere. They really enjoy making dick and balls. Earrings? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, the boys. Oh, Kate, okay. we yes. could talk all day. Yes, thank 
you. Is, is there one last thing that we've missed or that you would love to tell mm. our world? Mm. Oh, that's a really good question. There's so much. I know. I think I suppose a little takeaway would be to just really think about that pay, play has therapeutic powers, mm. even in the everyday Mm. Um, even without a therapist, there are innate qualities in play that we've mm. talked about today, mm. uh, like sensory qualities or regulatory qualities. Mm. And to really tap into that at any age, um, think about as an adult what you do to play because that can also fuel us up too if we're feeling exhausted or we're having mm. a tough day. We mm. might do something that brings us that connection with play, mm. Mm. Um, like... Um, I like to do um, No Lights, No Lycra. I don't yes. know if you've heard of that. Yes. yes. The dancing in the dark. Yes. And if you can't get to No Lights, No Lycra, you can put a blindfold on and a playlist <laughs> and you can put put your fairy lights on at home yes. and de- DIY. Yeah. But I would I would say that play, play is the way and keep playing in whatever way you can as an adult and oh. with your family um, oh. and your children. Oh, oh, thank you, Kate. Thank you so much. I love this episode. Yeah, me too. Awesome. Thanks for awesome. having me. Awesome. Oh, thank you for coming. Very good. <laughs> oh, Kate. Kate, oh. Kate, Kate. Such a great name. Such a great name. Such a great profession. Interesting, fabulous people. Isn't yeah. she awesome? And I'm very now interested as I reflect on my life and I think back on things because I've obviously been confronted with a whole lot of things lately. Like when I was a child, what did I think about that and yes. how did I feel and what emotions did I suppress yes. or whatever? Yes. And so, yeah, I'm really interested in like how your childhood trauma or yes. incidents, trauma is a big word, can then really yes. impact your life. So, of course. yeah, I just I found that fascinating, the whole thing, and I still love Play-Doh. And it's Play-Doh. super integral to it pee is. life. Yes. And I just want to encourage every parent that mm. you can just find little ways to oh, play. Oh, definitely. Another good one that I was going to say was being in water together. Oh, yeah. So when, you know, um, I was learning all about attachment with Mm. mothers and babies, one of the things we always talked about was just having a shower together or being in the pool together because you have to hold that baby and you have to face them. Yes. And so just having that skin-to-skin time, so like fairly easy. Yeah, fairly easy. Sometimes for pee families not. Yes. But... Um, that whole idea of water and, and bathing together, non, and definitely um, for dads. My favourite story is Darren in the shower, yeah. and the, both the girls were in with him, and he called out, "They're looking at it." <laughs> yes, <laughs> they, they are. Well, it hangs right there. I know. You're right, and you I'm like, I don't care. You're in there with both of them. Wash them. <laughs> actually, he didn't even. He would sit down and get them to wash his hair. Yeah, and that was a beautiful thing they always did oh, together. Oh, I remember know. having like tiny babies, and my ex-husband like handing them to me, and they snuggle into your boobs, yeah. and it's just like this—you can't do any other parenting at that time. No, that's right. You can't be one hand making exactly, dinner. Exactly, exactly. It's just a moment of connection. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I always say that to my family's mm. working in sleep. If you mm. wanted, you know. If the dad's feeling disconnected, mm, stick mm. them in the shower together, mm, go mm. to a pool together. Just yeah. try and find some ways because mm. that's a really good one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we could go on and on we could, and on. We could, we could, and we do, and we will. Yes. Um, what made you cry this week? Man? Well, I've had a UTI. Oh, so that would make me cry. Uncomfortable. Well, you're like, no, surely this can't be. No, I'm I knew. always in denial for about five minutes. Oh, no. Nah. I, because I had so many when I was a child yes. and then I had kidney surgery. Yes. So. 
Um, very I know what that is. Them. Yeah. So anyway, just a little cry, but I'm tired because Molly's been sick too. Yes. But, um, I just, of course I, it has to come at once. I took her to the respiratory clinic place, you know, because mm. she's just so sick. And yeah. I felt myself sort of slump and I thought, oh, Oh. I don't feel well. Oh, no. (laughs) You know, but I wanted to say to them, can you help me so I don't have to go to another doctor? But no, um, (laughs) anyway, it's, I will get on top of it. But um, yeah, yuck. It is yuck. Get that inner health plus in you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. Yeah. What about Uh, you? um, So this is, it was a weird thing because it's not actually crying, but I was listening to, and it'll be a few weeks ago by the time you hear this, but Kelly, our beautiful Kelly, has her podcast, yes. Knowable Me, and she did an episode on forms yes. and how tricky they yes. are. Yes. And I just think it was so confronting. I get confronted oh, by forms. Me right? too. And I am Shocking. quite oh, put literate. Them off. I love reading. I love writing. I put them off to the very last minute. I know that my um, boys, the Victorian, how you get your licence now is you do all these tests at home online, but there's lots and lots and lots of questions and reading, which I fully support and understand. But it is so confronting for one of my boys and it's really tricky. And I'm like, yes, it's all set up for them to fail over and over and over again. And I just felt this frustrated sadness rage. I can't quite describe it. I loved everything listening about that episode because I was like, I knew all this, but I hadn't put it together in my head about how ableist forms are for oh, I can't English even as handle a second it. language, intellectual disability, of dyslexia, all of, it. all of the things. Yeah. And when she was like, this affects like 40 to 50% yes. of Australians, you're like, oh. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's right. Even when I took Molly to Harry Styles and mm. we were going past the sensory room mm. and I was just in, I was inquisitive because mm. there was a lot of hype about it mm. and the lady said, oh, well, you'll just have to fill in forms to get in. And uh, I just blanked out. Yep. I thought, you're talking to the wrong woman. No, we are form traumatised. I am form traumatised. Oh, 100%. I'm out. And I just said, oh, don't worry. No. Forget it. I just wish. I actually laughed, which is not nice, but no, I kind of no, laughed at her. Like, I was like, as if I'm going to stand here and fill out forms. No. No, forget yeah. it. I just, I want a QR code on my phone that has all my details and I just hand it to The mark of the you. beast, Kate. The mark of the beast. You that want is it in what the top I of your want. head. I do. Okay, she wants the end I of days. It. I do. If you don't know what we're talking about, you're lucky. Revelation. But I just uh, don't want to fill it out anymore. I know. Oh, don't even. No. NDIS, all of it. Oh, you know, it's just, it's just no wonder I let things go. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, now it's I need some play it's therapy around forms. I really do. There should be Play-Doh, <laughs> rice, and, and then a form. <laughs> And don't even give me a, you know, form online that no, won't work. No, no, oh, it won't no. work. And you're like, I filled it all. Why is it saying oh, there's something? No. What's missing? I can't see anything missing. Okay, just so you know, if you've got a Gmail <laughs> email, if you put a space after the com, it won't work. So you've got a Amy got my support the, worker yeah. told me this. You've got to just you know Mandyhose one at gmail dot com. No space. No space. Because it will next line. It will say this is not right. Oh, it's just, many years of oh. me. And then Amy goes, oh, just backspace. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, and don't roll your eyes and call me a boomer scholarship because I just don't know. These oh, she's things. not listening. No, she's not. No. Listening. Long since stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, and I'm, saying well I'm not a boomer. No. That actually ended in 1964. That's right. We're Generation like, X, so have like, respect for us. Nah, you got boomer energy. Nah, man. no, you <laughs> don't. Nah, we've got X energy, and I will hear no more about That's it. Right, don't take us I'm on. I'm proud of Generation yeah, X. Me too. Okay, what about make a difference? So this is uh, Vera, who's on as an English murder mystery. I think it's her last ep- series ever. She's just the most divine. Oh. 
I love her, I love her, I love her. And I was like, Vera's back and it just made a difference. I feel safe yeah. for some reason yeah. when I'm watching yeah, yeah, it yeah. and it's yep. been seen me through a lot of yep. years. So, yeah, I Vera, she made a difference for me. I watched The Last of Us, which is another pandemic show, because oh. I watched <laughs> Station Eleven, and then I watched these Last of Us. I thought, what is this? And then, oh my gosh, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just watched it and watched it and watched this. But if you watch the third episode, yep. I think it is one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. Really? It's so beautiful. Oh, The yeah. Last of Us. The Last of Us. Ah. It's it's based off a game. I'm not a gamer. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they've made it into a TV show. Yeah. People have very strong feelings. It's like when Outlander was made. Right, and I'm okay, like, well, okay. you haven't read all eight books, so what yeah, do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so the gamers <laughs> are out. Right, yeah, right? yeah This is like not it. how we wanted. That's not how the game went. Yes, right. Anyway. I really enjoyed it and the third episode took my breath away. Wow. It was beautiful. Okay. The other thing is I've just bought myself a new denim jacket from Proud oh. Poppy because I've had the same denim jacket for a long time oh. and I think, you know, it's getting a bit small. Yeah. No, it's just shrunk in the <laughs> But, you know, something that's such a staple yes. and then I thought I think it's time to get a new oh, one. definitely. Anyway, it came today and I love it. I can't oh, wait to wear it. Denim so jackets thank are you, my, Proud Poppy. You would know I wear them yeah, all the time. Same. I love them, love them, Same. Love them. And I yeah. thought maybe I need – you know, a new yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, and your laugh. So my laugh is I've spoken about it on here before, but there's a podcast called Shag Married Annoyed. Yes. It's Chris and Rosie Ramsey. They're from the northeast of England. They, you know, they don't have babies. They have bands. Oh, and yeah, And I love gorgeous. the whole, oh, yeah. all of it, the Beautiful. lilting, you know, everything, everything. Um, I am deep into Shag Married Annoyed. I've never missed an episode, yeah. right? So it's, yep. and Scholarship and Number One Daughter also yep. listen. So it's this intergenerational bonding um, I can't even tell you. It's just a couple sitting talking and reading emails. Like it's not it's yes. not groundbreaking. No, but that's the best. It's just, I feel like that about Mary and Blake. Yeah. And yeah. I, I feel like I know them. Yep. And I yep. know that people – I mean, in England they are massive. It's one yeah. of the biggest podcasts Whoa. in the UK. Yep. Um, so, but not so much here. But they had an episode and Scholarship rang me. It's odd that I get a call. And she's like, have you listened? Have you listened? Have you listened? Anyway, I was like, no, I haven't. She's like, what are you doing? Oh. Anyway, because it drops on a Friday. So yes. if I don't get to listen to it on the Friday, the yes. weekend is away of from course. me and I haven't listened. Anyway, so I was driving um, Buzz and Woody home from school and I got to the part. I'll just say if any shag married annoys are on here, any smars as they call them, if you've heard the Mars bar story, I was sobbing, crying. The tears, I could hardly drive. I was like, I haven't laughed this hard in oh, so long since my dad wrote a porno. Yes. And I was like, nothing I can't can talk ta- to anyone about can this. Top it. And then I just rang her. I was like, I've listened. Oh, so good. <laughs> anyway, it was just, I don't know, so amazing. And I know it's not funny to any of you, but. No, 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 but people gosh, listen. Darn it, it was an amazing yes. story. Mine is a podcast as well, and it is Smartless. And so it is um, Jason Bateman. Sean Hayes and Will Arnett. Mm-hmm. So, right, they've been doing it for a little while. Yes. They're huge in America. They're yes, huge, huge, right, because they're funny. Yes. Anyway, I was, I've was i been going on a binge and listening to lots of them. Yep, yep. And I listened to the one with Dana Carvey. Now, oh, remember yes. him from Wayne's World? I was going to say, he's the... <laughs> it's the funniest episode. <laughs> he is hilarious. Really? Yeah, and they'll go, no way, and he'll go, way. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't even flinch. And it's just four comedians just uh, going, off each other. oh, yeah. my gosh. But that one was a ripper. And okay. they said at the end, I think this is one of our best. And I was like, I'm in the kitchen going, yes, yes, <laughs> yes guys, that was one of your best. I well, was Mandy's agreed, really so be laughing out loud yeah, a lot yeah. because he's so wacky. Yes. And um, he's got all this history. And then they just talk about, you know, when they're back in Saturday Night Live. And yeah. just it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love them. 
And I love Sean Hayes the most, actually. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, all the Will and Grace people. Yeah, yeah, love him. So, anyway. That was my laugh. There you go. We both had podcasts. Yes, because this week. we listen to podcasts. We do listen to How's podcasts. about that? <laughs> we are podcast listeners. Yes. Anyway, thank you for listening today. Go yes. and find Kate, find yes. her book, yes. find her everything. Mm. Think about play in your life. Yeah. Think about Even ways. As an adult. Yeah. I think that's really good. I think really I know good. that um, fidget spinners are really good yeah. for neurodiverse people. Yeah. But I think also of it's course. that mindless play. Yeah. And we just. Yeah. You know, there's a verse in the Bible where a child has his childish things and when he becomes a man, he puts them away. Yeah. And I Why? remember, yeah, no, I don't want to put it no. away, actually. I really enjoy yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll leave you that wisdom. <laughs> See you next week, <laughs> For the book of Kate. <laughs> Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.